Welcome to The Goddess and the Medicine Woman with Melissa McHugh and Sydney Decker. Join us for this episode as we dive into the abyss and talk about giving ourselves the space, grace, and compassion that we need to heal, sitting with our fear long enough to alchemize it into love. Come on in and join the conversation. Hi, Sydney Decker. Hi, Melissa McHugh. How are you today? I am doing a lot better today than I have in a few days. But also, I can just tell there's a lot going on underneath the surface, if you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Yeah. Yep. Everywhere I look, it's just intensity. A lot of things coming up for a lot of different people. Um, If you're on some sort of a healing journey, it seems like that uh, things are just intensifying things that we're supposed to look at, you know, or it's just getting real. It seems like, like there's nowhere to hide, you know, you're either going to clear this stuff or why are you even doing this? You know what I mean? Or you're going to suffer a great, great deal, you know, longer than you have to, or, uh, yeah, there's just so many layers, you know what I mean? Like I've, I've just noticed like just in, general in the world. There's a lot of layers, a lot of things happening. And then if you're somebody who is on a spiritual path, then you put in the spiritual layer of uh, someone who is a seeker, who believes that there are other um, things going on, different energies, I guess, coming into the planet. A lot of people believe now that we're in a, a specific place, I don't know, air quotes, place, I guess you would say, um, in the universe itself. And we're moving through these, you know, places of intense energy that we're on awakening journeys, that we are, um, you know, in this supposed reality, which we can see as a matrix as something that we are just moving through as like a movie there's just so many different layers to beliefs and um stuff that's happening you know in this world when you are paying attention and you and you notice things at different you know different levels i guess is what i'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's a multi-dimensionality to us as human beings and to the reality that we live in and I think right now we're really starting to remember what it means to be here in this reality. I think for a really long time, we've forgotten. And if you even look throughout history, there's actually been like actual dark ages where there were times where civilizations of human beings were at the top, living their highest, greatest good, and then crashing down and having dark ages that lasted for periods of time and kind of going in ebbs and flows in that way. And what we're coming across right now is a really huge evolution because everything is, if you're living, you're expanding and growing and evolving. That's, that's part of love. That's part of life. That's why we, life is anything. It just expands itself, creates itself. 
and we go through these phases and you can just tell looking around whether you're on a spiritual path or not you're on a spiritual path like i'm noticing it more and more with clients i interact with but also just people in general i mean you'll get the people that are like hey hi how are you the weather right and then you'll just feel like I'll say something, bring something up of like, well, yeah, no, Mercury's in retrograde. Yeah, tell me about that. Like before I used to be like, oh, Mercury's in retrograde, right? Whatever the F that means. Now more and more people are getting curious because there's an undeniable reality that we're all picking up on that something is different and we need to evolve and we need to grow and we need to live, actually live our lives. And we're coming out of a time of a deep, deep slumber of our own dark ages. Yeah, we have all this technology and we have running water and we haven't, we didn't have the plague, but we had COVID, you know, we had some really main huge things that have been happening to us collectively that is just making us aware of how much we want to grow and to evolve. And within that, there's those growing pains of looking at all the bullshit that we have standing in our way and that is limiting our growth and our potential. And a lot of it is power dynamics. A lot of it is wanting power over each other for some type of reason. And the more that I grow and the more that I evolve, the less I want any power over anyone, the more I crave peace because peace is my power. When I'm at peace, I feel empowered. I feel like I can live my life comfortably and do what I need to do and show up for people that I want to show up for and show up for the world. When I'm at peace, I can show up. When I'm in this constant state of battle, no, I don't want to show up. And if I do show up, I'm going to burn you down. So what the, what's fun in that? And then what, you have to build that over and then you're going to burn me down and then I have to build that. And so we're literally getting centimeters, not even inches in our growth because I'm worried about burning your growth down as you're over here worried about burning my growth down and then nothing is literally growing. Yeah. And that's what we're, we're seeing. We have just been stuck hurting each other, hurting ourselves, Mm -hmm. stunting ourselves, stunting our growth in the world individually, but also in the world. And I'm really, really seeing that like last week, in my own individual experiences into this week, just where we are just sitting in front of ourselves, standing in the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the whole thing. You know, when you really start looking at it, it's it's really only you hindering yourself. It's really only us standing in our own way. I like how that sounds, us standing in our own way. Because none of that needs to be happening. It's so simple if everyone just stopped hurting each other and focused on themselves completely, 100%, that none of these things would be happening, you know? Yeah, and that's not selfish. That's something that I had to learn. I mean, I struggle with, like, people-pleasing. And I know that you can relate to that in some ways. And a lot of listeners can relate to that, that, when you feel like, well, if I take care of myself, then I'm being selfish and I'm not a good person. The best thing that you could really do for yourself in these times right now is to take care of yourself. And I'm not saying go buy stuff or go do your nails or 
get a massage. Those are all really wonderful ways to take care of yourself and your physical body. And I do those things. But what I'm really talking about is just taking care of yourself by taking deep breaths, by looking at what is standing in your way and the boundaries that you need to create and the ways that you want to say yes and need to say no. And being your own advocate. Because as long as I've waited for someone to advocate advocate for me, I've had people like in my life, like my family, in certain ways are able to, but they're also living their lives. And when we really want someone to come in and grab our hand and advocate for ourselves, it has to be us because this is our experience. No one can give us permission to have our own experience other than our own self. This is our experience. This is what we are here to do. We are seeing through our eyes. We are looking at our hands. We are walking with our feet. Why? Who told us that the person outside of us tells us anything? Gets to tell us where to go or what to do or why we should do it because we can see all of them, but we're coming from an internal experience where we can only see so much of us. But that's because we're experiencing ourselves. We are the experience of our life. That person can only be a reflection of our experience. Because how many times have you and your growth and your learning, and we've talked a lot, we've, we've both done a lot of growing throughout these last few months just on the podcast and talking about different things and meeting different people, that when you gain a new idea and you gain a new experience and you really drop down into it, it changes your reflection of other people. It changes how you talk to people, how you show up to people, how you think about things, where you want to go and what you want to do because you are really in your experience and you're not letting the past come up and tell you or letting another person tell you or anything. You're just really in tune with your experience. You know what I'm saying? When you're really in tune with your experience, your reflection and your projection of the world is also different. Yeah. Yeah, because I've noticed with like every um, every guest that we're having on, like they bring such unique points of view. They bring in their experience and I'm listening and I'm like, oh, wow, I've never thought of it that way. There's like little nuances that every person brings into and all these people are being so super authentic. They're not just coming on here and just sprouting stuff that they read or you know they're bringing in their own experiences and the truth of their experiences and you know most of them don't have any issue um like getting down and dirty about what happened you know in their lives and then how they're utilizing it moving forward and it's like opening my eyes up to wow you know and then I can take that and I listen to it and then maybe another part of it again and I take it and I internalize it and I add it to my experiences and then I like I can see differently like you said now I'm looking out into the world though with what I just heard and experienced bringing in my own experiences and then moving forward I see things completely differently then after that is that what you're talking about kind of thing yeah and also just like think back, I guess it's better to use my experience 
(laughs) I guess it's better to use my own personal experience of like, I remember, man, maybe I should like actually go and get the journal and read a part of that journal. I think I talked about doing this a long time ago, but maybe today's the day to do that. Where I used to come from such a perspective of self-hatred and everyone that approached me I would reflect or project that like some and I still struggle with certain um, leftover narratives about that but like if someone met me I'd be like they don't like me and they could be thinking about pizza and I'd be like they don't look at them they don't they're not even looking at me they don't like me my whole projection and reflection of the world was I'm not enough this person doesn't like me this person's gonna hurt me this I suck I should die I should kill myself I don't want to be here and everything around me I had hard times making friends or feeling like my friends liked me because I didn't like myself so I couldn't allow people to like me then as I continued to grow and to start working on myself and questioning those narratives and looking at my experience and trying to learn from it rather than allowing it to swallow me up whole learning from these experiences and why do i have these thoughts and what are what is the purpose of all this that i started to work and to work on my self-concept and my experience and what i wanted to experience and now last night in my journal i took time to sit down and really look at some things that were standing in my way and i did a lot of journaling which led me to writing myself a letter and at the end of the letter I was apologizing to myself for how awful I've thought of myself and the ways that I've actually literally physically hurt myself, mentally hurt myself, emotionally hurt myself, how I didn't deserve those things. And it wasn't fair for me to do that to myself. And I'm so sorry and that I love myself and that I'm kicking ass out here and to keep doing it and to shine my light and that I give myself permission to love myself more and to have that experience. And now when I see people and I interact with someone and they do something to me that is off, I guess, or like, or I'll hear someone say something like, um, well, I'm not good enough or I'm not whatever, or what I'll feel like, I know I understand their experience more now too, because they have some type of pain or hurt or self-concept and I can empathize with them more now than getting caught up in my own stuff of like, well, this person doesn't like me. And what do I have to do to get this person to like me? And what, you know what I'm trying to say? It's like my, where I was, my lens that I was looking through was hatred. And I just saw the darkness. I got caught up in the blah, blah, and the the news and this and everything's going to die and whatever. And now I come from a space of more self-love and I see the world as a place of opportunity and a place of growth and a place of love and a place of light and a place of support and I was even at the park today and I leaned against a tree and I just started talking to it thanking it for supporting me and thanking for this opportunity to live my life and to have this experience that's what I'm talking about because I can sit there and lean up against a tree if this was literally nine years ago I would be crying and begging the universe to take me out and nine years later i'm sitting up against a tree saying thank you for supporting me and thank you for this opportunity to live this life and taking that out into the world and encouraging people to take their own opportunities to live their own lives so that's what i mean once we change we sit in our heart spaces our reflection and our projection of the world changes
Yeah. And it takes some, takes some work and some time to do that. You know, most of the time, some people it's just immediate, you know, there are, you know, people that that happens to, but for most of us, it takes that time to change the belief systems. You know, you have to go into the dark places, which you've done magnificently um, over the years. And uh, still to this day, I have not done as deep of work as you have. I was talking to somebody that also knows you a while ago, and I was saying, you know, Sydney does the deep work. <laughs> I'm like, sometimes I don't do the, I do work and I do, I do things to change my, to my, change my belief systems and everything. But man, sometimes the work that you do, I just am in awe of because I'm like, wow, when does she have time to do all this? And then also <laughs> do her business and all these other things. But because it's a lot when, you know, you, you dive into that depth of, you know, despair, like you have had to, just to be able to, you know, come out the other side, like, you know, nine years later and be able to exist in the world. You know, I guess it's, it's never been as, um, an emergency for me. You know, I have my things and I have stuff that I work on so that I, you know, can help others in a better way. And also so that I feel better about myself and have been able to change in certain ways, but it's never been an emergency for me. It's been things that I've wanted to change and, you know, but sometimes there are people that come into this world with such, um, what would the word be? Like not even limitations, but just things that it's like they brought it into the world hmm. and it's so deep. Like I, I oftentimes say like my um, partner, Dennis, who came into this world with a broken heart. Hmm. Some of us come in with these things that are just so um, intense and not only then do things occur in their lives that, that shape them as well, but they came in with this, you know, issue or tragedy. Kind of like we talked about Bruce, like with yeah. our episode with well, Bruce, that's right. he with, yeah, came Bruce, in, was he came born in. into it. Yeah. Yes. And it seems like that's what, you know, happened with you as well. Um, and not even as much as you came in with stuff, but I think you did, but also early on, you know, sometimes the tragedy of, um, I mean, when a parent commits suicide, that changes everything. That changes trajectory. That changes everything that you're going to be. Um, so to have to dive in and do all of that really deep work, I guess is what I'm saying, is I see it as for some people, you have to do it in order to be able to be here on this planet. If you don't do it, you know, it, it will take you out maybe. Yeah. Um, I never had to, I never had to dive into that. So, I mean, there's definitely things in my life that happened that, um, were tragic, you know, I was molested mm -hmm. as a child and those are things that I'm moving through, but I still don't see it as something that I had to do in order to be on this planet. I never thought to myself, 
maybe once, but I think it was more of like a boy left me and I wanted to kill myself, but it wasn't, I didn't really, I never really, I can't, I can't know that experience because I've never really gone there. I've never had those intense feelings of absolutely, I, I don't want to be here. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say is, you know, the emergency sometimes of it and that I really like to give you props of the intensity of going in and doing all this really, really deep, dark work. Um, and now I lost my train of thought as to where I was taking this. And to <laughs> Well, you're just saying how some people get born into things and that. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's, and it's very intense, you know? Yeah. Because I have clients too that were, you know, born into things that they have these, you know, issues like say you're bipolar or you have all of these things that, I mean, these things are really hard to out of. You know, they're not things that you're just going to be able to take a couple of courses and do some tapping meditations and everything be all right. These are some things that you might have to deal with your whole entire life. Like Dennis, he's always going to have a broken heart. He came in with it. He's going to go out with it. There's nothing he can do about that physical thing. Like sometimes people with the physical brain issues. So that just makes it so much more intense for a lot of people as well, you know, but we have all of these, you know, belief systems and things that we can change about that experience, you know, in order to get to a place of, okay, well, here I am with this issue and it's a struggle, but I can see it as a catalyst, you know, just like um, Bruce does. He saw it finally as a catalyst to be able to change and then help others to change. So we can kind of twist that and start to see it as something that happened for us in this lifetime and not just something that's happening to us. And then we become a victim of it and our whole entire lives are this deep, you know, depression or whatever, you know. Yeah. And that's definitely what I'm starting to learn about my own journey because my journey actually started before my dad died. Um I, and he actually like helped me on my journey and put me on my spiritual journey. And one of the very first books I ever read was The Alchemist. And it's actually was one of my dad's favorite books, probably like the top favorite book. And I read that book, not even knowing that that was going to start my own journey of my own inner alchemization. And that it was just kind of preparing me for what was to come. And yesterday I sat on my couch and I got this download for myself. And it was like, I am here to be an inner alchemist. That means I am here to transform my darkness into light and to be an example by holding that experience for other people to be able to do that because that is what we are all being called here to do and evolve from, from the darkness into the light. And it's scary and it's yucky and it's gross. And there's parts of myself that I'm like, why do you even exist? And it's within all of that that just continues to add to my light. And this whole process for me and this realization of this is why I'm here 
and why this darkness lives inside of me like it does. And I used to be afraid of it, actually. I used to be really, really afraid because I I see it inside. It's like this dark hole, like this black hole, literally. And I like sometimes it calls to me. And before I used to be like, no way am I going in there. Now something happens in my life and I'm like, got to jump into my black hole. I have to because it's when I sit in that black hole for a moment, I get so lit up. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like within all that, it's like like the caterpillar literally has to alchemize itself. It literally gets broken down into dark matter, dark goo. And then from that dark goo and that dark matter, it is born into a, a completely different thing, a butterfly, which we all see as signs of transformation, renewal, hope, all those things. We see that as a new journey. And this is where we're all at. We are the caterpillars moving into the butterfly. And I literally have one of my favorite things ever is this quote that I have that says, just when the caterpillar thought the world was over, it became a butterfly. And I've had this quote, and I'm pointing up here, people can't see me, forever. Mm-hmm. And I'm finally starting to realize that, that this journey with our brokenness and our illnesses and our weaknesses, they aren't negative to me anymore. They are things to look at, not to be ashamed of and hide. So like, for example, with Dennis's broken heart, he came in with that and he has a physical condition in his physical body, but that's not broken because it's being fixed just within what he's doing and the ways that he's gone and got help, whether it's just physical and the ways that he starts to talk about things here and there and can open up into it it's it's also like for me i mean i haven't gone and gotten an actual psychiatrist diagnosis or anything but i have come to accept that i have a mental imbalance i have a mental weakness and i don't want to call it an illness cuz that doesn't sit right with my body because I don't want to, I mean, we, you know, we come from a line of hypochondria. I'm not going to give myself permission <laughs> yeah. to have an illness that yeah. I fall back onto. Yeah. But when I look at it as an imbalance or I look at it as a weakness, I don't even see weakness as bad anymore. Because there's people who are weak muscles. They go to the gym, they flex those muscles, and now they're strong and they can pick up 400 fucking pounds. You know, so this part of my brain just tells me I need to utilize it differently. I need to give it space. I need to give it exercises to do. I need to work with it. I need to allow it room. I don't need to just say, yep, keep using it as an excuse. Well, you know, that illness of mine I got is going to, because I can't, it's, there are certain things to accept. Like I have to start taking herbs to help with my mental focus and certain things because I have come to accept that I do have a form of ADHD which a lot like I procrastinate all the time I have this perfectionism I literally want to do all these things but can't get myself to do them I have all these creative ideas and all this flow and I just can't get myself to do it and I've literally was telling you the other day I found it in my brain I've literally found where it is in the back of my brain, this underdeveloped part of myself 
And rather than being like, well, you fucking suck and you're whatever. And I have this illness and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, part of my brain, you seem like you're struggling a little bit and you seem a little bit weaker. How can I help you? What can I do for you? It's the compassion. Yeah. 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 Compassion, I think, is going to change the world. I feel yeah. that. As soon as you said that, I was just like, yeah, there it is again. It's that compassion with not only other people that we see that we want to help, but with ourselves. When we see those limitations and we see that instead of going, oh, my God, look at that. Oh, oh, that part of me, I want to cut it out. I can't stand it. I can't stand all of this about myself. I'm not good enough now because I have this, you know, just to, like you said, to be able to go in like that is beautiful. To see it, you know, as a separate part of you that's struggling. I love that. I absolutely love that. And to send it love. You know, I do that a lot in some of these meditations that we do, you know, from the heart space and you send out love to other people and then you turn it back in on yourself and send whatever part of you needs that love because that can, like you said, alchemize everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And getting to know ourselves. It's like if we had a child in front of us and this child was like, I, it started playing piano and then was in it two days and then says, I suck, I give up. You'd say, well, let's keep practicing. It's only three times. You got the ding, ding, ding. Let's try the dong, dong, dong. We're going to get there. We're going to be okay. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really just loving ourselves. Like it, it really is in all of our shit, like really like because so long I was ashamed by like certain things, like I couldn't get all my laundry done and the pot dishes would pile up and this. And how do I have someone come over? Not that my house is ever like gross, gross or anything, but I would feel ashamed if I had dishes in the sink. And I'm like, okay. Like now I'm like, there's dishes in my sink, guys. Don't go there if you don't want to look at them. Like, you know what I mean? It's right. like, we don't need to be ashamed of those parts of ourselves. Like, anymore because that is what keeps us in the darkness and then what we project out onto other people and then what we allow others to take advantage of us in because if we're ashamed about something we will abandon ourselves so someone will love us i've done it forever because well if this person loves me then i'm lovable and I won't have to worry about that thing that I'm ashamed of, but then I just keep that just keeps growing and growing because what if the person that I love finds out about the thing that I'm ashamed about and then they're going to leave me anyway, so I might as well leave them, but I'm, a, I'm attached to their love because I don't know how to love myself. So now I'm thirsty. Always. <laughs> yeah. I'm always thirsty because I can't accept love from this person that I'm craving, that I'm attached to, that I want to love me. And I can't accept my own love because I'm ashamed of this one part of my brain that is just a little bit slower, just a little bit weaker, just needs a little bit more help. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. We build all these things up and, you know, in our minds too, and they become so much more than they truly are. It's like, okay, I'm bipolar. I have these limitations. I have to, okay, what can I do to help myself? What can I do you know, to acknowledge it and not keep it in a dark place and not tell anybody because that's the worst thing you could do with anything. Keep it in the darkness, bring it out into the light. Okay. This is my limitation. And 
yeah, it's so important to know, to know yourself, know your limitations and that no matter what they are, just be okay with it. Just start to be okay and not care what anybody else has to say about it either, you know, because other people, they'll point out your limitations or your whatever's to take the heat off themselves too. You know what I mean? Usually that's what that is anyways. It has nothing to do with you. If somebody's pointing at your limitation, it's because they're like hiding their own and they don't want anybody to see it. Look at them. Look over there. Look at that person. They have a big nose. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Like, <laughs> and it's really just because they, you know, don't like something about themselves. And so- yeah. yeah, just imagine if the how the world would be if we all loved ourselves more. Yeah. And I'm not saying the fake spiritual bypass positive. Look at me. No, I'm saying like you show up, you walk into a room, you're like, yeah, I have ADHD, didn't want to come here, was a little reluctant, procrastinated for a long time, but I got here. People are like, glad to have you here. I have right. bipolar. <laughs> and so I was kind of going up and down too. And then I stubbed my toe and then a dog ran in front of my car and I almost didn't get here. It's like, why can't we just show up and just yeah. show up? Show up in our messiness. Just like, you know, we talked to about Amanda, our divine messy humanness, right? Yeah. It's it, so it much is more messy. fun. Yes. And it is. And it's so much more fun and inclusive and everybody can come to the party, no matter what's mm -hmm. going on with you and how you are. It's just like, yeah, come on in. You know, I feel like crap today. And, but I feel great today. Good. Maybe that'll rub off on me a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You could help me with my crappy uh, disposition at this time. And just, and I you know. Think it's, I think it's shame that festers because when I look at certain people in my life, like people do weird things when they have a lot of shame inside of themselves. They'll do like that person that you avoid on the street that's talking to themselves and being like, not talking to myself in a like in a really creepy weird way like that and you know what i'm talking about when you see someone you just get this weird vibe that person most likely is carrying a lot of shame a lot a lot of shame because when you carry a lot of shame you are weird you show up weird because you're trying to fit into the world you don't like yourself you're ashamed of what anyone will be so you do really weird things to like have a little outlet of the shame and you do weird things, like weird sexual things or weird hurt, like push someone down things or just like weird things when you're ashamed of yourself. And that's what, and then it stays in the dark and then it just festers more shame because you're trying to get the shame out by doing these shameful acts because the shame needs to come out and you're just kind of like stuck in this place and then people avoid you because there's just so much shame built up. And I think that is one of the biggest problems in humanity right now is how ashamed we are of literally everything we've ever fucking done to each other. Yeah. And we just keep doing it because we're ashamed of it. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're told to it. be ashamed of it too. Maybe yeah. as children, it's like, oh, what are you doing? Don't do that. That's not, no, we don't do that. And then you start. That's how it starts. You know what I mean? Then you start to keep everything in the dark and then you start to lie about things. And then it just, you just keep pushing it all down because we're not supposed to talk about that. Even though I have these urges to do things or, you know, whatever, we're not allowed to. And just thinking about it is shameful. You know, we're not ever allowed to be free and to be 
human beings that do do things like that, whatever it might be, you know, but we're just taught from day one, basically. To yeah, feel shame. I, I feel like if we were ashamed, because I mean, the first thing you really get shamed for is being human, literally your human body. Yeah. Hide it. Don't look at it. You're it's a mm-hmm. shameful thing. And then you're like, at a certain cool. age, why don't you have pants on? You know what I mean? And you've been a little kid running free through through the fields naked for so long. And then all of a sudden, nope, we're putting a stop to that. You're a certain age now. You wear clothes. Okay. Then you feel weird about it. You're like, why all of a sudden? You know? Yeah, no one wants to talk about it. No. Yeah, so I really feel like that's what festers inside of us is this shame, especially of our own human bodies. And I guarantee if, I mean, there'd probably still be weird stuff out there, but I feel like there'd be way less weird things out there if we were allowed to just be who we are. I really yeah. feel like there we would reduce the darkness out in the world if we weren't shamed for everything. Yeah. For sure. But then that brings me to this thought that I had about... It's one thing to notice all these things, and a lot of stuff has been coming up for me this past week, few days, where my self-sabotage was activated. And my self-sabotage isn't like, I'm not going to answer people's call. My self-sabotage is, I'm going to burn things down. I'm going to, I'm just going to really destroy stuff. (laughs) Blowing it up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Burn it down the house. (laughs) Pretty much. And it's hilarious because every it's not hilarious. And I feel bad about it in certain ways. No, you but don't need to feel bad about it. it see, this is the shame. the shame. Why do you feel bad about it? Exactly. Well, it I happens just- and it's something that you have noticed that now you're going to work on moving forward. That's it. We don't need to feel bad about it. Right. Okay. So I'll take that out because after the whole talk about shame. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just, I guess it is hilarious because everyone, they'll get that energy for me because usually I'm like good I'm holding space you're getting love and light and then all of a sudden no everyone's like gathered in a (laughs) circle whispering oh no Sid's over by I feel like I'm like the president that has the nuclear button and everyone's like she's decided she might press the nuclear button how do we get her to stop and I can just feel it and I just feel it and I yeah so I went off the deep end and luckily the weird part not weird the good part about this time is i think it lasted what 12 hours yeah it wasn't very long no it wasn't for days or weeks or whatever usually it lasts for days or weeks so this lasts for 12 hours because of the work that i have been doing and i just wanted one of the biggest things that i wanted to talk about is healing is not linear Healing is not something that you just keep going up. You're going to have the ebbs and you're going to have the flows. And all of a sudden, you're going to be sitting on your couch like I was. And you're just going to be something triggered you. And you're in the self-sabotage mode. And now you're 13 years old, ready to burn the fucking ground or world to the ground, literally, to just do it for just to watch it burn. Like, literally, I have that part inside of me that's like, just to watch it burn. And I was there and it almost happened so unconsciously because it was an unconscious part of myself that was ready to be expressed and exposed and I sat there with it like I talked with you I sat there with it I took deep breaths 
I just let my inner teenager roar. I let her roar. I let her just be like, I don't want to do this. This is all bullshit. Yeah, some of the world shit that we have to do is bullshit. Some of it is like all because someone wants power and money. And I'm just putting that out. It's not even like a conspiracy thing. It's just some other shit we do is because someone wants power and money. And it's like, buddy, go home and love yourself, please. So that way you're not taking time out of my day to do shit for you because you just want to feel bigger and badder for no fucking reason at all anyways that's off that's a tangent but (laughs) so that part of me came up and I'm doing this shadow work course which is just so helpful and about the energy bodies and where fear gets stored and what energy bodies they are and the woman that I was working with told me that it was being stored in energy body seven and to look at the fears surrounding energy body seven which are the fear of your true self and then the fear of being trapped. And I was feeling the fear of my true self because I'm being called to step up. And I did a lot of journaling last night. And I realized I came to me. I came to a crossroads. And at the crossroads, I was, I sat there at the crossroads. This is just a vision that I got. And I came across me and I'm like, whoa, me? But I was me with like a freaking sword, with shield, with like, you shall not pass me. And I was like, what is this about? Why am I blocking myself from moving on or moving in a direction? What is this about? And I realized that I have hurt myself and tried to end my own life numerous times not just once like numerous times and not only that but I've had the experience of someone in my life actually doing that so I know what that feels like and so as I stood in front of myself being like I want to go that way and my me was like you shall not pass I was like what why and my me inside me said if you succeed and you get everything you want you're going to get overwhelmed. You're going to want to kill yourself. If you fail and you don't get what you want, you're going to get overwhelmed and you're going to want to kill yourself. So I've kept you in this lull. I've kept you in this safe little container because if you just get a little bit of what you want and a little bit of what you don't want, you don't kill yourself. So I know that you want to go down this path and I know that you want to, but can you handle the consequences of walking that path And getting everything that you want. Because you're more likely to get everything that you do want. Than you're likely to get everything that you don't want. At this time in your life. So if I let you pass. What are you going to do with that? And I was like. Whoa. Okay me. You make a really good point. I have been keeping myself in this lull. To stay safe. Because my being knows me well enough now. That if it allows me to expand too much or contract too much, I go to that nuclear button. And so I asked my woman that I was working with, this, these things came up, and she said to journal more around it and to sit with that fear and tell that your love, well, this is coming from me. She said to sit with your fear. And to journal about it and to just sit with it and to breathe through it. And what I came to for my own self was 
what that means is to sit with it until my love for myself can hold the fear. Because right now my fear is holding love. So I'm so afraid and terrified and there's love in there for myself, but I need to switch that to my love is holding my fear and knowing that if I do get to this point where I do get what I want, I can still say to everyone, hey, I need three days to sit on my couch and do nothing because that's how my energy works. So I'm going to have to just kind of do that right now and love you all. Talk to you in three days because I'm just so afraid of losing myself either way whether it's to the dark or to the light so I stay nowhere (laughs) I stay right where nothing happens yeah wow that's a huge realization it really is yeah wow yeah and that's just keeping ourselves you know small like that and it is because, you know, our minds and we know even like, you know, you can go in <clears throat> scientifically, they can hook you up and see, you know, how our minds do keep up, try to keep us safe. You know, the mind is always trying to stay in control, you know, because of back in the day. It's the same old story. Is that our ancestors, you know, if we saw any sort of change, if we saw anything like that happening, our minds were like, nope. Mm-mm. we don't do change. Change is not safe. I'm going to keep you safe. You know, so your mind's always trying to keep you safe. And, um, but you being able to go in and visualize that, like putting it into like an actual, you know, scene for me to see, that was really cool because usually I'm, you know, I do EFT. So we, we tell people that, that your mind's always trying to keep you safe. So we tap on that, that reluctance to change and everything but to actually be able to visualize that whole thing that was really cool (laughs) that was really good thanks yeah that's how i see the world is in metaphors and in imagery yeah yeah that's uh, neat that's what it yeah yeah. that's what i kept thinking it was like oh wow this is a metaphor for what i teach people with you know where your brain's trying to keep you safe (laughs) that's really cool yeah and i will say that all of this is coming up for me in a really big way because I'm coming to an end of a cycle. So I'm about to enter a whole new decade of my life. And it'll be the first decade that my dad won't be a part of in any way. Because he was in my 20s a little bit, barely, but a little bit. And um that has just been coming up so much of this fear because one another thing that I've had to accept, and I think in some way or another we all have to kind of accept, is I am my father's daughter. And I've gotten some really, really wonderful parts of him. And I've also got some of the darker parts of him, I guess, because I don't want to say the badder part or the negative or none of that because... I just don't. Um, So I've gotten some of the darker parts of him. And I just feel this push in my life by him, by myself, by the world to just really blossom into who I am. And it's just such an interesting thing because 
this whole journey, like nine, the number nine is an end of a cycle because after nine starts one zero, which is a whole new cycle. And I'm just feeling his loss this week because this Friday will be the nine year mark on the 21st. And, um, I'm just feeling it so deeply more than I have in the last three years before this. And it's just bringing up my own con confrontation with my own demise, my own suicidal thoughts, my own journey, and the ways in which I've almost inherited his darkness and his genetics. And there's times where I'm like, wow, this is my dad talking, or this is my dad, the way he would think about things or do things. And there's just this part of me, one of our last conversations that he, we had, so I'm working on several things right now, which is putting a book out into the world. And one of the last conversations that we had as I, this was when I was 20 years old, I was on the phone with my dad, and I was just thinking about things, and I was still in college at the time. And I just was like, you know, I think I'm going to write a book one day. And he just said to me, you are, you're going to write a book one day. And like was coming up, helping me come up with ideas, not even like I'm making fun of or like, yeah, sure. You're going to write a book one day. Like straight up was like, duh, you're going to write a book one day. And now I'm at this place nine years later on his, the anniversary of his passing right before, before I turned 30 and I could cry because it's just right there. I say that all the time. <laughs> um, I should get that on a t-shirt. Yeah. The goddess in the mask, I could cry. <laughs> yeah, everyone will wear it. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's just this very interesting thing because I'm being brought to this crossroads, being confronted with myself and just seeing him and how I've felt and the ways I've grown throughout these nine years of not having him and how grateful I am for my growth, but also so afraid to let go of my younger part of myself because that's the part of myself that knew him. And that's the part of myself that he knew. And so as it's like, if I, I wrote this book, the book is written. Um, you guys may hear about it more in the future, but I feel like if I put that book out, it's like, he's gone. Like, he's really gone. But I also feel like the only one that's holding me back is myself, because if he was alive, he would be like, put your book out. <laughs> it's time. Yeah. So all of this is just being brought up because... I really want to, I think I want to make my dad proud. Yeah. And I'm just so afraid of what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm so know, afraid to get farther away from him. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, in reality, you can't. But this is just parts of us that we, you know, we, we struggle with and we hold on to. You know, that happens, I think, a lot with with things like with my mom just, you know, passing a year ago and there, you still hold on 
to so many things that you're just like, I still have her, you know, her little black bag that she carried around with her and her little, you know, pants that she used to wear. And it's just kind of taken up, you know, corners of the closet and whatever, but I'm just not ready to let go of those parts, even though you're like, well, it's just a purse and it's just a pair of pants, but no, it's got like an energetic charge behind it. It's just, you know, yeah, we do. We hold on to things even though, and we put meaning to them, you know, we, we, we do as human beings. And that's just part of our rituals and our, our parts of who we are anyways. And it's okay. And that's the whole thing. It's okay. What you're doing and, and, the way you're moving through it, it's your grief process, yeah. you know, and you're doing it your way. And, you know, and it's, I think it's just really cool though, that you're seeing now <clears throat> how he was and how parts of you are like him. And that now you kind of have that gift of being like him too, you know, because you can see what he did with those parts of himself, but now you can see, okay, I do have these limitations. He had these limitations, but he didn't know what to do with it. Now mm -hmm. I have these limitations, but I know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And then I can also help other people deal with that now that I've figured it out. You know what I mean? So he's given so many gifts, um, but we we also know that... <laughs> A lot of the times we would give back all the gifts if we could just have them for one more day, you know, mm -hmm. that's the other, that's the other part of the human experience, you know? And I think that's you saying that is actually what I'm coming to terms with of, because it's so hard in this reality for me to ever say, you know, I'm in a way grateful for this experience of losing my father because it has brought me such a depth of the human experience that I don't know if I ever would have gained without this. And that's what I'm starting to come to terms with too, is I, there is a blessing here. There's a huge blessing of my own evolution and my own growth. And he's left behind so much for me. And he still shows up in my life for me in different ways that I've shared on this podcast. And it's going to be a lifelong thing that like I said in this podcast of helping people alchemize from the dark to the light. And I had to see someone be consumed so I could go sit in my own and turn my own light on because he left me so much stuff. And that's the one thing about my dad. He was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant, very sensitive, very spiritual, very connected. He just was before the world was ready. And so I'm that legacy. I'm the legacy that says the world's ready for us to turn our lights on and to sit in this stuff. And we don't, we can do it. We can do it. And I think that's what he was trying to do with his own self. And I'm just being the legacy to help the world through that. I don't know. There's still a lot that I'm learning here, but there's just yeah, it's like a really big goodbye to something this Friday. I'm feeling it. And I don't know what I think maybe it's to the little girl in me that is waiting for him to come back. Because he's not. Yeah. He's only forward. He's not back there. Yeah. He's only forward. 
that I'll actually get closer to him the more that I move forward. Yeah. Because yeah. the part of him, the physical part that I'm holding on to is the part that he has been telling me to let go of for a long time. Yeah. And literally the last thing I'll share with this image is I literally get this image of, and I was talking to my mom about it on the phone, when we went on a family vacation to Tennessee and we went um, white river rafting and there came to this point where you could get off your raft and you could go climb up this tree and there's this big rope and it, you could swing it and drop down into the river. And um, so me and my brother were like, can we please, 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 please? And my parents were like, yeah, go ahead. So. We did. There's a whole group of people. For some reason, everyone was like, you go first. To me. I'm like this teeny <laughs> little thing. My brother's like, yeah, Sid, you do it first. And I'm like, all right. So I get on the rope and I go to swing out and I'm at the farthest end and all of a sudden this terror and I can't let go. I can't let go of the rope. And my dad is screaming, let go of the rope. Let go of like literally my mom's like, let go. But my dad is like, let go. And I'm starting to swing back. And I let go at the right moment, like literally right before I was about to fall into a bunch of rocks and hurt myself or get swung into a bunch of trees and get all cut up. So I let go at the exact moment that I was supposed to. But I still remember my dad sitting there screaming at me, let go of the rope. And I think nine years later, <laughs> I'm being asked to let go of the rope. And to just drop into the abyss and just, and I did. And I dropped into the water and I swam around and I was so excited. And I swam over to him and I was like, look, I let go. And he was like, yeah, right in time. <laughs> yeah, just in time. Yep. So I'm right there. I'm just in time to let go of the rope. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. You're welcome. Thank you. I'm not sure what for... what's going to come of that, but... I just yeah. want to thank everyone for listening to my inner journey. Seriously. Yeah. 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 Everybody that's been moving along with us from the beginning, you know, and even people that just kind of popped in here, you know, thanks so much for, you know, going on the, these journeys with us because it's so, it's so important to us, you know, just all of this. Yeah. It's just so important. It's so helpful. And it's so beautiful, you know, to be able to help other people that are going, you know, through this kind of thing. And just to be able to make sense of the world for ourselves, too. Yeah. My heart has been on fire lately of just wanting everyone to know that they're loved and it's going to be okay. And to just sit with yourself. And that's really it. Just sit and breathe. Let your love hold your fear. Don't let your fear hold your love. Let your love hold your fear. Because we're going to be afraid. And we're going to have to do things afraid. But we can do it. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in once again. And um, we will see you next time. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us for this episode. If you would like to connect on a deeper level, head on over to the Inner Circle. That's where you will find behind-the-scenes video, sneak peeks, and live streams, as well as healing meditations and an application to be on the show as a guest listener. The link is in the show notes. Thanks again, and we will see you next time.